Thank you for tuning in to the Restaurant Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, TK. Today, you've reached the podcast for restaurant professionals, both new and tenured. Here, we learn about the ins and outs of creating high-performing teams, building on your career, and operating highly profitable restaurants. Today's episode is about emotional intelligence. <clears throat> what does that mean in leadership? How can you better your emotional intelligence? Why is it important? Stay tuned. Hello and welcome. Hope everyone's having a great week so far. Hey, um, today is about emotional intelligence. I'll be reading off of this Harvard Business School uh, online article, which I will post down here in the show notes, just so you guys can read along if you'd like. But I'm going to put my own take on it. Um, emotional intelligence is defined as the ability to understand and manage your own emotions, as well as empathize with the emotions of those around you. And in fact, emotional intelligence was not really a term until it was first coined in 1990 by researcher John Mayer. It was later popular, popularized by psychologist Daniel Goleman uh, about 10 years after that. Um, he highlighted the importance of emotional intelligence and leadership. And he said this quote, he said, the most effective leaders are all alike in one crucial way. They all have a high degree of what has to come has come to be known as emotional intelligence. And it's not that IQ and technical skills are irrelevant. They do matter, but they are entry-level requirements for executive positions. Man, and he, he really nailed it, too. You know, over the years, emotional intelligence, uh, it's evolved into this, it's must-have. There's no substitution for it. Um, you can't become high level, especially in the executive world, without emotional intelligence. And according to a survey, 71% uh, of employers said that they value emotional intelligence over IQ, reporting that employees with high emotional intelligence, they are more likely to stay calm under pressure, resolve conflict effectively, and respond to coworkers with empathy. So diving into this, there are four components of emotional intelligence. One, self-awareness. Two, self-management. Three, social awareness. And four is relationship management. And it, in, in order to improve your emotional intelligence, it's important to understand what, what each element entails. Number one, self-awareness. It's Self-awareness is the basic building blocks. It's the core of everything. It's at the core of everything. Um, it describes your ability to not only understand your strengths and weaknesses, but to recognize your emotions and the effect they have on you and your team's performance. And 95% of people think that they're self-aware, but really only 10 to 15% actually are. And this can cause some major problems for your employees. And this, this was done um, by organizational psychologist Tasha Yurik. And uh, again, it's in the show notes here. But working with colleagues who aren't self-aware, and trust me, I'm sure we've all been there. We all have those coworkers who are just like that. Um, they can really just cut a team and team success in half. And according to her research, lead to increased stress and decreased motivation. So in order to bring out the best in others, you first need to bring out the best in yourself, which is where self-awareness comes into play. And one easy way to assess your self-awareness is by completing a 360-degree feedback. 
in which you evaluate your performance and then match it up against the opinions of your boss, peers, and direct reports. And you can do this just by simple asking. Going to your peers and saying, hey, let's sit down. I'd love to do, I've been doing some self-reflection. I'd love to have your input. Um, you know, I've rated myself a 6 out of 10 in communication. What would you, what would you rate me and why? Um, and get better understanding. And even your direct reports, get their feedback as well. Show some openness. Show some vulnerability. And you'll actually build that bond stronger that way. Now, through this process, you're going to gain those insights uh, into your own behavior. Just remember, don't, don't take it personally if you asked for honest feedback. Take it to the heart. You know, really take it for what is said and understand that, one, you asked for it. Two, the sooner you get over your ego and the sooner you put that aside, the faster you can start growing as a leader. So self-awareness, remember, it's the core of everything. Um, number two, self-management. And self-management refers to the ability to manage your emotions, especially in stressful situations, and really just maintain that positive outlook regardless of the setbacks that are before you. And leaders who lack this, they tend to react, right? And they have a harder time to keep their impulses in check. In fact, I bet if you stop for two seconds and think about uh, one of your peers or one of your bosses and think about who really is able to control their emotions when the going gets tough. It is a very extremely difficult thing to do. Now, me personally, um, you know, I've let that go before, as has everybody. You know, people have pushed, uh, they'll push you to the limit. And for me, you know, just blatant disrespect is my trigger and I've gotten so much better at it with age but there are, there are times where just blatant disrespect will just set off right and people who don't have good self-management they're not able to stop think about the situation what's the best way to approach this they just react to what's in front of them which is typically aggression and when you react you tend to react with that same emotion right you tend to react with the same and as soon as you do that, that other person is quote-unquote winning. Now, when you respond in a calm, adult voice, and in fact, when people are hurling insults at you, at you, it's the best practice is to just stop in a calm voice, look them in the eyes and say, are, are you okay? <laughs> and when you talk in a calm voice, and when you respond that way, you give the perception that you are winning the argument. And I know there's no winners, losers, whatever, but let's be real. Uh, basic human nature, we, we try to win over the next guy, right? We want to win in survival. And when we have arguments and conversations, sometimes there needs to be a clear winner. Um, on top of that, the reaction, like I said, it tends to be automatic and the more in tune you are with your emotional intelligence, the easier you can make that transition from reaction to response, right? Reaction to response. And it's important to remember to pause, breathe, do whatever it takes to manage those. Turn around and come back to the situation if you have to. Walking away, 
and then when you're ready, come back and respond. You will not only, one, likely build that bond again, you know, as opposed to if you went off on somebody and really just let it loose, if you came back as an adult, more mature, higher road kind of way, you're going to look like you really did win that argument, and it may help build report. So self-management, again, is ability, ability to manage your emotions. Uh, number three, social awareness. So while it's important to understand and manage your own emotions, you also need to know how to read a room. Having social awareness is the difference between making a great first impression and blending in with the crowd. Social awareness describes your ability to recognize other emotions and the dynamics that are in play within your organization. See, humans, we like to say we're these complicated creatures, right? We're so complex. At the base, we are animals. We just happen to have a social hierarchy. And that hierarchy la uh, lingers in every aspect of our lives. It lingers in your workplace, right? It lingers at home. I mean, sometimes it lingers in the gym too, right? There's a social hierarchy uh, subconsciously. Leaders who excel in social awareness, they practice empathy. And empathy is a word that I use a lot. It, it's something that I've uh, intently focused on getting better at since I started this career um, back when I turned 18. I mean, I knew I couldn't get away with, you know, firing somebody just because they called out because their daughter keeps getting sick, right? I mean, it's <laughs> it's stuff like that. Having empathy, to a point. Um, leaders who excel in social awareness, they strive to understand their colleagues' feelings and perspectives, which enables them to communicate and collaborate more effectively with them. Now, empathy, it ranks as the number one leadership skill. Reporting that leaders who master empathy perform more than 40% higher in coaching, engaging others, and decision-making. And that was from uh, the global leadership development firm, DDI. Uh, they rank it as number one. And in a separate study by the Center for Creative Leadership, uh, researchers found that managers who showed more empathy th towards their direct reports are viewed as better performers by their boss. Yep, you heard that right. Empathy portrays better performance because when you show empathy to your direct reports, they will start performing better when you see them as human. And I think it's episode one or two when I talked about breaking down that wall. Break down that wall. Show empathy. Now, they're going to be wrong. There are, there are bosses and there are employees. There are leaders. There are employees. Right there, I mean, it's there. You've got to have some sort of authority, and you don't have to be this person's best friend, but you do have to show some empathy and understanding that they are a human being, and they have problems too. They have feelings. Number four, relationship management. Uh, relationship management refers to your ability to influence, coach, and mentor others and resolve conflict effectively. You know, conflict is a major buzzword that we use here at this podcast. 
Um, it happens day in, day out. And the better you get at resolving that, the more effective you get at resolving uh, relationships, building that report. And um, as I've said many times before, as humans, we prefer to avoid conflict. But it's important to properly address these issues as they arise. Now, if you want to keep your team happy, you have to have those tough conversations. It's so interesting because when COVID hit uh, the restaurant industry, many of us stopped having these hard conversations because if we lost our cook, we had no other cook to come in. We'd have to shut down and lose money. So we've kind of accepted some of these behaviors. We've lowered our standards. And the whole point of becoming an evolved leader is getting past those excuses, getting past those um, previous behaviors, striving for the highest standards that we can set. And if you want to keep your team happy, if you want to keep a high-performing team, you have to have tough conversations, guys. It's not, that's why it's called tough conversations, because it's not easy to do. But the more that you do them, and the more that you work on controlling your emotions, the more that you work on strategizing a conversation before you even have it, the better your team is going to be. I promise you. I have dealt in the last few weeks with more problems with miscommunication between two people, whether it's employees or, or managers, whatever, between two individual people because they're so afraid of having a tough conversation with each other. And in fact, when I forced two of these people I didn't force, but I asked them to come in and talk with each other. Um, you know, we sat down and we hashed it out. They put everything out on the table. Everything that was wrong that person A, a was doing that B didn't like and everything that person B was doing that A didn't like, they put it all out there. They hugged at the end. No one lost their jobs. Everyone had a better day, and they bonded a little more. And all it took was just some talk. Now, again, as leaders, we set the tone for our organization. If you lack emotional intelligence, you're going to reap the consequences. You're going to have lower employee engagement. You're going to have such a higher turnover rate. Because nobody wants to work for somebody that can't control their emotions. Now, you're going to have hard days. You're going to cry. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've sat in an office just done d-o-n-e done and you know every time that i look out that office door and i see my employees working hard when i'm in there being a little sob sally it really gets me going and re-energizes me and i understand that these people count on me for their livelihood remember it's about your employees you treat your employees right they will treat your guests right. If you skip that step and you focus on the guests, you personally doing the best guest experience you can and not focusing on teaching your people to do that, you're going to consistently be in a hiring phase because people will leave you. They do not want to be with a manager who does not care about them. And many people tend to get that mixed up, right? You can care about your people and put them as a priority while also caring about your guests. You have to think of that second step. Most people are worried about that first priority. Yes, the first priority 
makes the second priority. The second priority makes the third priority. So if your first priority is taking care of your people, your second priority, which should be your guests, will be taken care of. Anyways, I'm getting off topic. You know I like to go on tangents. So emotional intelligence, y'all, was the topic of today. Um, just to recap, emotional intelligence is extraordinarily crucial to your development as a leader. Number one, you have to have self-awareness. You have to know what it, it, who are you, right? What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? Where do you fall short? Where do you gain, gain ground? Number two, self-management. You have to be able to control your emotions, especially in really stressful situations. You have to be able to shove it all down, soak it in, whatever you got to do, and then approach that situation professionally. Now, I noticed I said I didn't tell you how to blow it off. I have people that I rant to that understand people in the restaurant industry that understand the struggles and I have to rant sometimes and if you have to call your person to get all that out before you respond do it it's gonna help you number three social awareness read a room guys understand other people's emotions and understand how it all works together in your in your organization have empathy and then number four is relationship management. Um, have those hard conversations. Your ability to influence, coach, and mentor others is, is highly, highly looked upon when employers are looking to put a superstar in a position. Okay? And uh, that's all we got today. So, again, I'm going to link this into the show notes. Um, I look forward to the next episode. and hope you guys have a beautiful week. Thank you. that's all the time we've got for today folks thank you again for listening to the restaurant leadership podcast here we try to create high performing operators we build high performing teams and we do our best to give you the best foot the best leg in this restaurant industry hey if you'd like to be a part of this podcast or if you have any tips or you just want to uh, talk to me you can email me at tylerk at gmail.com that's t-h-a-i-l-u-r-k at gmail.com see you guys next time bye-bye Thank you.